Hey there, Fully Live Athlete Pastor Channel again. It's Justin, and we are on Online Bible Reading Club Day 36, and we're going to be looking at chapters 36 and 38 uh, through 38 of Exodus. And then we're we'll going to be looking at Matthew 23, the first part of the chapter, verses 1 through 22. So we're on day 36. We're about 10% of the way through the uh, through the reading of the Bible, and I wanted to uh, produce a special video this weekend and put put that out for you guys, kind of a checkup, uh, just a chat to uh, to see how it's going, and maybe uh, we can do a live stream where we do some question and answer uh, about the uh, Bible. So be looking for those things coming up because uh, we've got we've we've gone a long way already, and it, it's been a good thing. All right, so as we get into these verses in in Exodus 36 through 38, you'll note. That uh, it talks about uh, Bezalel and Oholiab uh, as two of the main uh, leaders of the construction of the tabernacle. The tabernacle was this uh, elaborate tent-like structure that would be the center of their religious life. And when I say religious life, I mean life. Uh, there's no if you if you're in a vital relationship with God, there's no putting your religious life on a shelf and then coming back to it when you feel like it. No, it is the center of your life. It is your life. Uh, this, they, they were crying and weeping over the fact that God might not go with them uh, because of their sin back in Exodus 32. And so we're just a few chapters down the road, and, and God has provided this tabernacle structure where he is going to symbolize his presence with the people. And, and to lose this would be absolutely devastating to them. So think about that. Uh, even though they're in the Old Covenant, uh, they do not know the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ yet. This is the center of it. Now, God provides richly for them. Now, God moves everything. The thing you got to know about this God whom you're in relationship with is He is sovereign over everything. So we plan, we pray, we go out and procure the things we need in this life, but ultimately, God gives us everything right and that's why we pray before meals we thank the Lord because we know that God provides everything in this very first chapter you see that God provides more than enough materials for this elaborate structure and so that's where you see 36 people bringing it in and uh, then at the end of 38 when we when I get to the end of this section it just details all of the uh, materials and lists them out there for you so they make the ark, they put it together, and we've already seen the instructions about how it's to be designed, and that's uh, that's all good. So tomorrow we'll finish Exodus, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed this part, uh, but it is a very fascinating deal to think of a structure in your life that would indicate that God is the center of your life. Do you have one of those today? Well, yes, you do at your church. Uh, it is not uh, a thing that is optional. It's not something that you would would just uh, forsake uh, it's a it's a essential business so to speak and and in, in, in 2021 uh, language uh, it's, it's a I mean, it's a much better representation actually so we can go into that uh, we'll talk about that more but one thing you got to know about this structure that it was it was Israel at its best when they were constructing it a lot of times Israel kind of botches everything and, and they and you no know, that's that's why we know the Bible one of the reasons we know the Bible is not some kind of fabrication to make the people who wrote it look good because it tells us all their mistakes and all the ways that they've fallen. Uh, but here's here's actually some chapters where they do the right thing. It keeps saying, hey, they got, God commanded it this way and they did it exactly as he told them in the construction of his temple. Uh, they did a good job. 
So we commend him on that. Now let's get over to the New Testament. This is very interesting stuff here. Uh, in Matthew 23 through uh, 1 through 22, Jesus begins one of his most scathing discourses. And so he's speaking to the crowds and to his disciples and the scribes and the Pharisees, these are the religious leaders of Israel, are the topic. So he's speaking to his disciples and the crowds about the people who have been their so-called leaders. This is something that Jesus takes very seriously, is that leaders have a huge responsibility, of course, to lead, right? Leaders don't just take on honor and use people to prop themselves up. No, leaders are actually supposed to take the people that are following them somewhere good and not make their lives worse. And that's what he tells uh, the crowds is that these scribes and Pharisees are making your lives worse. Just for example, they don't. he says they don't practice what they preach, verse 3. It says they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on your shoulders, but they themselves don't move a finger. They are killing you. How are they killing you? Well, they want you to tell them all these nice things about them. They want you to call them rabbi and father. And he says, look, you're not going to take on that kind of thing. You're not going to have people call you father. You think of priests who are called father and things like that. Now, Jesus is not outlawing those titles per se, but we need to guard our hearts and, and wonder, do we want those titles so that we can feel important or exalt ourselves? What is the point of that? You know, so, so he says here, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted in verse 12. And so you, you really think about these titles of honor. Now, we need honor. Yes, pastors are worthy of double honor. Uh, we honor our authorities. But honor ultimately goes to God. And so when we're honoring someone, we're actually seeking to honor God, right? Not the person because everything that person has and his position comes from God. And that's what the Pharisees are not acknowledging. That's what the scribes are not acknowledging. They're saying, look at me, look at what I've accomplished. I did this. And that's the very uh, fundamental flaw of their teaching, is they teach a legalistic way to salvation. They teach that, they teach Moses, they know the scriptures, but they teach it wrongly and they put these burdens on the people. They tell them if they, if they obey, they will live. And that's, that's actually true. If you obey God's law, you will live. However, what Moses taught is that's not actually the way of salvation. That's the way to death, is that you can't obey. Uh, you, need a, you need a mediator. You need, you need what the tabernacle represents. You need sacrifices. You need offerings to enter the presence of God. You see what I'm saying? <coughs> Excuse me. So he calls them blind guides. He tells them they're leading them nowhere. And that's exactly where they're going. They're hypocrites leading them nowhere. It says that when they receive a proselyte or a convert, a convert to, to their religion, it says in verse 15, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you yourselves. That is scathing critiques. As a minister, someone who's a reformed uh, pastor, theologian, and a shepherd of the church, I stay up. I, I am uh, haunted by... The possibility of misleading those whom God has entrusted to me. Um, and I just want to share that with you guys that uh, this is something that a minister of God's word should care about is, is, is accurately leading people to the truth because in the truth of God's word 
we know God and in knowing him is eternal life. Otherwise there's eternal death and I don't want to be I don't want that to be on anybody and I try to do the best I can of leading those who are listening to the truth through God himself. So that is what we are doing. I don't I don't need honor. I've got all the honor I need in Christ. He is my righteousness and one day as the Westminster Shorter Catechism tells me I will be openly acknowledged and acquitted in the presence of God because of the righteousness of Christ imputed to me. I, thanks for the honor. Thanks for the good good comments and likes, everything like that. But at the end of the day, those likes are going away. But what will stand forever is my relationship with God, which will be acknowledged on the day in which I see Him and I'm resurrected bodily. And we go face to face before the throne. And this is the beauty of the gospel. I hope that it helps you guys. Uh, we're, again, day 36 is in the books. Uh, day 37, be looking for that one. And we'll also be looking for the, uh, the special, uh, we'll call it a fireside chat, uh, a special check-in uh, on this online Bible reading club. Okay, take care, guys. Like it if you're all, all the way through it. Uh, share it, subscribe, do all those things, and we'll see you soon.